cycling recovery. Cycling recovery is so important and it's something that most of us that aren't professional athletes severely underestimate how much it can help. There is a cliched saying, but it's super true, and that is you should train hard, but recover harder. And for us amateur cyclists, it's very easy to think that we should just go out and ride and then come home and go about our daily lives and that we don't need to take the recovery portion seriously. But really the opposite of that is true. Um, Professional cyclists usually have this as their full-time job they get to go out and train and then they get to come home and rest and the rest of us don't get that luxury we go out and ride and then we come home and we take the kids to school and we take the dog for a walk and we mow the lawn and we work our full-time jobs and there's just not a lot of recovery naturally built into our days so we need to be a little bit more proactive and intentional about our recovery And why is recovery even important? It's important because if you're not recovering between your rides, you're just going to get slower. You're going to be training hard and you're not going to see the gains that you want to see. If you're recovering properly, you're going to start getting faster. You're going to see improvements. You're going to see your training paying off. And you're also just going to be better capable of going about your day if you don't have these heavy, tired legs. If you're not recovering, you're going to start feeling tired even after an eight-hour night of sleep. You're going to maybe feel grumpy or sad or depressed. Um, All those are signs that you're not getting adequate recovery. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you seven things that you should be doing regardless of where you are. Um, if you're a racer, but or all oh, this is relevant too, if you were just getting started in cycling, you'll be way ahead if you're learning to implement these things into your everyday life. So I'm going to share with you seven things you should be doing after every ride. And I'll also give um, a couple other recovery methods you can use if you are ready to take your recovery to the next level. So stick around. We'll talk about all of that after this intro. You're listening to the Femme Cyclist Podcast, and I'm your host, Kristen Bonkowski. Like most of you, I'm a bicycle-obsessed rider and sometimes racer. Each week, I'll bring you interviews from inspiring women and offer tips and tricks to help you thrive on the bike. At Femme Cyclist, we celebrate all forms of riding and all forms of women. So whether you're a road racer, bike commuter, or hardcore shredder, you'll find your community here. Tip number one is to cool down. You probably remember PE class when you would run the mile and you'd run it as fast as you could. And then afterwards, your PE teacher would make sure that you went and walked a couple laps of the track to cool down. And there is an actual reason for that cool down period. If you go directly from a really hard effort to nothing, your blood flow drops significantly. And you really need blood flow to your muscles to bring them nutrients and oxygen and help begin the repair process. So we don't want our blood flow to drop too quickly. So by doing a cool down, by doing some mellow exercise at the end of a hard workout, you allow your blood flow to drop more slowly. 
At the end of each ride, if you're doing a hard effort, you don't want to go directly from an interval to hanging up your bike in the garage. You want to spend a little bit of time at the end of the ride doing some nice, easy spinning. The other portion of cooling down actually has to do with your body temperature. So at the end of a hard ride, especially if it's summertime, your core temperature will be elevated. And when your core temperature remains elevated for too long after a ride, you're maintaining the stress level that your body is going through. And the more stress you have on your body, the less effectively, obviously, you're recovering. So when you're coming home from one of those hot summer rides, you still feel hot when you walk in the door. You want to take steps to immediately cool down your core temperature. And one of the best ways to do that is just to hop in the shower for a few minutes um, and take a cool shower. Now, a lot of cyclists swear by ice baths, and there's nothing wrong with an ice bath if that's what you want to try for your recovery, but um, that's a bit extreme for most of us, so there's nothing wrong with just taking a cool shower. Additionally, if you finish your ride and there's a lake or a river, or maybe you're lucky enough to have a swimming pool in your backyard, a cool dip in some water um, will aid in your cool down as well. The second tip to help you recover is to make sure you're refueling. The food you're putting in your body after a ride has an immense impact on how well you recover. And there are really two different flavors of this. The first is your maybe an, your average lunchtime ride. You go out for an hour. Um, you have an easy spin. After this, you don't really need to focus on coming back and eating some kind of recovery shake or supplement or whatever. Just go about eating a good healthy diet throughout your day and we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment. The second scenario is you go out and you do some really hard intervals or you go out and you do a long ride. You're riding for over two hours. Um, There's no set time or effort level, but the point is you, you come back from this ride and you feel depleted. You feel a little bit shaky. You feel like you've just given a really hard effort. In these scenarios, it's super, super important that you are eating within the first 30 minutes after you finish your ride. And you need to be eating a mix of protein and carbohydrates. There's something really special about the mix of the two at the same time in terms of helping you recover. Protein is the most significant piece of this. And you wanna make sure that you're eating between 25 to 30 grams of animal protein. Now, if you're a vegetarian, you're actually going to need to bump that up a little bit more. If you're eating vegetarian protein, then you need to shoot for 50 grams of protein in this post-ride snack. And it's great if you can mix it with some carbohydrates. Um, My personal favorite, always has been, always will be, is a recovery smoothie. And I'll make this with some banana and yogurt and whey protein. And that's giving me a really good mix of carbs and protein. Um, If it's lunchtime, a turkey sandwich, for instance, is a great option. But you want to be making sure that you're getting that 25 to 30 grams of protein mixed with a little bit of carbs. And when we're talking about carbs, we're not going back to the, the old days when you remember people ate a bunch of pasta or ate a bunch of bread to um, recover or carbo load. You simply want to eat some good starchy vegetables 
or fruit. Um, Dr. Stacy Sims, who I absolutely love, she recommends not eating berries or anything like that uh, for carbs after a ride. She recommends bananas and grapes as really good recovery carbs. And then beyond the post-ride snack, just everything you eat in your daily life is going to be helping you with your recovery and with your athletic performance. And as women, I see this neglected so often. We skip that post-ride snack because we want to lose weight. And the reality is, is that you're being counterproductive. You're going to decrease your metabolism by not eating that snack afterwards. And you're simply going to make yourself weaker. I don't think any of us um, want to go out in the world being weak. We want to be strong and fit. And eating is a really important part of that. So don't neglect eating. Don't go on any fad or restrictive diets. Don't work for female cyclists. You need to be eating a diet full of whole foods. So we're talking about unprocessed foods, foods that aren't coming out of a box. And they need to be a good mix of all three macronutrients. And macronutrients are carbohydrates, proteins, and fat. So you can't survive as a cyclist on a low-carb diet. You can't survive as a cyclist on a low-fat diet. You need to be getting about 40% of your calories from carbohydrates. And again, this isn't pasta. This is fruits and vegetables, primarily. 30% from protein. And ideally, this would be like grass-fed beef, uh, wild-caught salmon, organic dairy, organic eggs. And then the remaining 30% should be from fat. And once again, that's an area where we're not talking about fatty potato chips. We're talking about fat from good fats, fat from salmon, fat from avocados, and you can't skip that portion either. There are plenty of apps out there that you can use to track your food for a few weeks, and I'd highly recommend that. Um, If you're obsessive about your eating, I wouldn't recommend tracking your food forever, but an app for a little while to make sure you are getting that correct mix of macronutrients can be hugely helpful. And just remember, if you don't feel like you're recovering correctly, that your diet could be a big part of that. Focus a little bit more on your diet and you'll see your recovery increase a lot. Tip number three is to rehydrate. Now, ideally, you'd be going out on your ride and you're drinking enough that when you get home, you're not dehydrated. We all know that this is not always the case. You may have just forgotten to drink enough while you were riding. It might have been a hot day and you were sweating a lot. So if you come home and you don't feel fully hydrated, then it's super key to spend those first few hours after your ride getting rehydrated. Um, The method I really like is the scale method. So this is where you get on the scale before you leave for your ride and you weigh yourself. And then you weigh yourself again when you get home from your ride. And if you've lost weight, that means that you are dehydrated. For every one kilogram that you've lost, you need to drink approximately one liter of fluid. And you don't want to just go ahead and chug this right away. I just want to start sipping and drinking water over the next few hours. And pay attention to your pee. When your pee is finally clear, that means you're rehydrated again. 
Tip number four is to get a massage or more likely use a foam roller. So if you have it in your budget to go get a massage once a week or once a month or whatever, you should absolutely do that. Good for you. If you're like the rest of us that don't feel like we have the financial ability to do that or enough time to go get a professional massage frequently, then you should really, really be using a foam roller. For me, using a foam roller has been a game changer. It works a lot like a professional massage by pushing out any kind of stagnant fluid that remains in your muscles. It increases the blood flow to your muscles and it also works out any knots that you might have. So I like to spend 10 minutes a day if I've done a ride that day on a foam roller and I usually do it in the evening when I'm hanging out in the living room with my family. So I might be watching TV or just chatting but it's a time of day where I have that extra time and it's easy to multitask and get my foam rolling done. Uh, I like to use it pretty much everywhere. I like to use it on my glutes, on my hamstrings, my quadriceps, my calves, my back, and also that whole section between my hips and my knee where that's that IT band that gets really inflamed in cyclists. Um, when you're on the foam roller, you're getting compression. And when you're compressing a nice, healthy muscle, you shouldn't feel any pain whatsoever, right? So when you're rolling on that foam roller and you feel a spot that's tender or sore, that means you've got a knot there that really needs to get rolled out. Um, so spend a little extra time there. That said, you should never be gasping in pain, or having trouble breathing, if you're like feeling real true pain, then you need to stop getting on the foam roller, go see your doctor or your physical therapist or whoever. Um, But that's a sign that you have an actual injury and rolling on that is just going to increase stress to your body, not help you recover. Tip number five is to get plenty of sleep. And this one isn't sexy. It's not some great hack. It's just reality. Your body to rest, it needs sleep. And... Um, when you sleep, you get the hormones that are responsible for building your muscles increase and that helps repair and rebuild your muscles. You should always be aiming for between seven and eight hours of sleep a night. That said, if you're doing like a really high volume week or you just did a really hard race that night, you might need more. You might need nine or even 10 hours of sleep. The important thing, though, is you shouldn't always be needing that much sleep. You should be getting your eight hours and waking up and feeling rested. If that's not happening, if you wake up and you still don't feel recovered, then you really need to maybe cut back on how much you're training, take a rest day, up your nutrition, but something's not right if you're um, consistently waking up from eight hours of sleep and feeling tired. Tip number six is to elevate your legs. This one's so easy, so you might as well do it. Just in the evening, lay flat on your back, put your legs up against the wall, You can watch TV, listen to a podcast, take a nap, meditate, do whatever you want to do during this time. Um, Just 10 minutes, though, will make a big difference. By putting your legs up, you're helping reduce swelling, getting any fluid that may be in your legs to drain back out. And if you just have that feeling of like the heavy legs, elevating can help a lot. 
And tip number seven is to use compression clothing. Um, That could be compression socks or compression tights. And there is some conflicting science on this one, but there are studies that indicate that compression clothing does help. And a lot of cyclists swear by it, myself included. Um, If I have had a really hard workout that day and my legs are already feeling heavy a couple hours after a ride, I definitely make sure to spend a few hours while I'm around the house in the evening um, to put those compression leggings or compression socks on. It helps push fluid back up towards your heart, push blood back up to your heart. So when it comes, you take those compression socks off, the blood comes back re-oxygenated with more nutrients to help repair your muscles. The last couple tips I have for you are bonus ones. These might not be for everybody, but that's okay. Take what you might want to use and leave the rest. Uh, The first one is active recovery. And the reason I didn't include this in my top seven tips was because so many people struggle with the concept of active recovery. They don't know how to go easy. When we're talking about active recovery, we're talking about really mellow yoga. We're talking about a walk with your dog around the block. Uh, We're not talking about a hike. We're not talking about anything that's going to put additional stress on your body. It's simply to help your body recover. So if you think you can go easy, then active recovery could be a good option for you. The next one is meditation. So our bodies don't know the difference between stress that comes through training and stress that comes through our minds. If you have stress, like all of us do in our lives, you are putting an active damper on your body's ability to recover. So you've got to be able to get control over your mental stress in order to actively recover from physical stress. And meditation can be a great way to do that. Um, Different mindfulness practices, laughter, anything that helps get you out of your mind and helps release some of that everyday stress you have that will help you recovering from physical stress. The last two recovery hacks are more expensive and that's why I don't recommend them from everybody. Um, If you are upping your game, you want to take your training super seriously, you have some big goals for the year, then you might want to invest some money in one of these two devices. So the first one is a compression pump and these are like your compression socks but times 100. They are like a little boot that goes on over your foot and over your leg and you zip it up and then there's a motorized compression pump that goes all the way from your ankle up towards your groin and pushes your blood back to your heart and helps pump all of the stagnant fluid that might be in your legs up and out. And when you finally are done with them and you unzip your compression boot, then all of this reoxygenated um, blood gets to rush to your legs and bring them nutrients. And it can really help with that like heavy leg and uh, any kind of swelling 
that you might have in your legs. The next thing is an EMS device. An EMS stands for electrical muscle stimulation. So this device actually sends like a little electric input to your muscle and makes it contract. And this is active recovery without actually having to do anything. You just sit there and the machine does it for you. And when it causes your muscles to contract, it increases the blood flow to the muscle. And as we've already learned, the blood is what brings nutrients back to the muscles to help them repair and build. So compression pumps, EMS devices, expensive, not for everyone. Don't go out and buy it if you're brand new to cycling. But again, if you are ready to take your recovery to the next level, those are two tools that can help. Finally, I just want to talk about what happens if you're doing all of these things we've talked about and you're still not recovering? Signs that you're still not recovering are waking up in the morning with an elevated heart rate. Um, I really like the Aura Ring, but you could use, if you just have a regular heart rate monitor, you could use that too. But it tells you if you wake up and your heart rate is elevated. That means your body is stressed and you need to probably just take the day off to recover. Um, another sign I talked about a little bit before, but it's just your emotional state. Do you feel good? Do you wake up when you feel capable of going and conquering the world? Do you feel excited about your training ride for the day? Uh, if you do, you're adequately recovering. If you feel depressed, if you feel tired, if you feel crankier than normal, um, you might need to back off. You might be overtraining. And if you're overtraining, you got to really back things off and give your body a recover chance to recover before you start going hard again. Um, to avoid overtraining, you need to make sure you're taking at least one day a week completely off. Yes, you can still take your dog for a walk. You can do something very, very easy. But you need to give your body one full day a week to rest and recover. Um if you're religious, Sunday is a great day to do that. Just take it as the Sabbath. If you're not, take a day during the work week maybe when you just need to put a little more energy into work or your family and take that day off from exercising. If you are like me, this is the single hardest thing to do. It's I love to move my body. I love exercise. But your body needs time to rest and recover as well. Additionally, you don't want to be doing too many hard rides in a week. You should really only be doing three hard training sessions a week. And in between those days, you're either taking the day off completely or you're doing an easy ride. And it's really hard, I think, for a lot of us to do an easy ride. It's got to be easy, you guys. It's got to give your body a chance to rest and recover. So when you go out and do that hard ride the next day, you have the ability to push hard and that's where you start making those gains. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got at least something from all of that. If it all felt overwhelming, if that felt like too much, then try picking at least something this week to work on. Try after your really hard rides, focusing on getting that recovery snack within 30 minutes and um, just doing little things into your schedule and into your routine will make a big difference. Give yourself the grace to get a good night's sleep. Give yourself the grace to take some time to meditate and to deal with the other stressors in your life. Cycling should never be a punishment for our bodies. 
go out, work hard, but come home and recover and treat your body kindly as well. Before we go, I just have a favor. If you enjoyed this, can you please go out to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review? That helps other women find us, helps this show grow. I greatly appreciate each of you. I usually end this by saying I hope you go out and get a ride this week, but this time I just hope you focus this week on giving your body some much-needed rest and recovery. Uh, We'll see you next week with another episode.